everybody and welcome to the first episode of the Frequency.fm podcast. I'm Dan Thompson from Charlottetown, Prince Edward Island, and I'm speaking today with my co-host, Joe Brookhouse from Portland, Oregon. How are you, Joe? Good, and uh, we're only separated by 3,600 miles, so this is a logistical feat in my opinion. Yeah, we're, we're exactly Atlantic to Pacific. I mean, that's a cool thing. But you're not near the ocean, are you? Um, well, it depends on what you mean by near. Uh, since I grew up in, in Wyoming, that's not near the ocean. <laughs> that's um, true. But I'm about uh, I'm about an hour and a half from the ocean, from the Pacific, oh, okay. so not too far away. Well, if I can rub it in, I'm seven minutes from the ocean to the east, so I actually do smell the salty water, <laughs> which is nice. Mind yeah, you, at least, at least until a dead animal rolls up. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. good. This is how we really want to start the podcast. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's talk about the weather. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, well, Joe, uh, this is our first podcast as Frequency.fm. It's a new podcast, and we're, we're very excited about it. Um, the coolest thing about it is we want to talk about everything that would be on, on the FM dial. Like, we're not talking about one specific thing, even though you and I in the past have been um, and other uh, forms of media and other podcasts uh, talking about music specifically. Um, as we start this podcast, let's make sure people know that we're a lot more than just music. Uh, what other things are we going to talk about, Joe? Well, um, Frequency is a podcast where each episode, what we want to do is introduce you through interviews, conversations to a diversity of Christian artists working in all mediums. Mm-hmm. And, and yes, we are huge music fans and you're going to get plenty of that because we would never avoid music. Um, but you can expect us to engage authors, poets, um, people working in mixed media, graphic arts, painters, magicians, um, filmmakers, you know, any Christian creative working in any medium, these are people that we want to talk to because they're people who are used to sharing their passions and, and um, directing their passions in a certain way, uh, and especially as Christians, how their faith is represented mm-hmm. in that medium. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and you you know we'll use the term Christian artist, but it's important for people to know as a, you know as a caveat to this podcast that we don't expect to be constrained to just, you know, the well-recognized Christian channels. Um, Although we are believers and we think it's important to specifically talk to people about their lifestyle as it relates to their their walk with Jesus, walk with God, and their Christianity. Um, But there's plenty of excellent Christ followers who practice their art in a secular environment, and we absolutely want to meet them there too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And you also, uh, we hope that you find that through our interviews— uh, with guests that we delve into areas beyond just the evident surface, uh, beyond just what's your latest book, what's your latest album, but also understanding their life, faith, um, the challenges, uh, and really what inspires them. 
so that you as a listener are getting something more than you could get on 500 other radio stations and 1500 other podcasts we really want to bring something new to that conversation yeah yeah and i i think of you know in the author sense you know you know what an author's thinking and, and what they're writing and how they translate it on on the page but you know if you were to have them in your home what kind of questions would you ask i mean you would already recognize their writing so would you want to ask them about their family like you know how do they live their life um, you know, what makes them tick? What makes their families tick? What makes them do what they do? And that's my hope. And and even in other realms and other media, uh, even just in, in the art world, graphic or, or um, you know, painting, things like that, why do people do what they do? And how does it affect their life? Um, you know, because we only see the end product a lot of times. Um, we want to be able to dive into why they do it, how they get there. If you're into that, um, what gets them to that level and, and be an encouragement to people on how they can go about that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we also like to say that accompanying this, you will be able to find the Frequency.fm website, which appropriately enough, you can just type in Frequency.fm and you'll get right there. It's uh, intentionally very simple. Uh, we're all about the conversations. Uh, what you'll also find there, is we will be doing reviews of uh, new uh, new books as they come out, um, or books as we read them, mm-hmm. uh, and new music as they come out, uh, and we have opportunities to to check those out, um, and occasionally an article as something strikes us in the the artistic world. Or Dan, you're a pastor, yeah. as you uh, a youth pastor, music. Uh, I, I lead worship uh, as something strikes us in those realms, uh, we feel. Um, feel it's appropriate to share we'll we'll share it out there with you as well yeah absolutely and and we'll usually you know we'll make sure that we always share our sources and why we're sharing it it's not just going to be um just blitzing information at people again we want to be intentional about why we do what we do um you know from time to time we will call upon other people you know i there's a team of pastors that i work with there's a greater um group of people that we know that we think have a lot to say and and have um you know a good opinion on things and we want to glean information from them and have them pour into us and and therefore it should come out in the podcast and we also want to be held accountable this this is a conversation it's not just us sending things we want to receive back from other people just like any radio station on the fm dial you know there's a reason why they have a call-in number you know if if people want to hear something if they know about something or know someone that we need to talk to we want to hear from you too so we'll have many ways that you can contact us mostly through the website we're on twitter google plus facebook you name it Uh, we want to meet you there all right dan let's tell these people who we actually are well I'm Dan Thompson, and I've just recently moved to Charlottetown, Prince Edward Island, and uh, I'm married, got three kids, and I'm involved in a church as a youth pastor, and I'm also a musician, and, uh, you know, involved in the creative community, doing uh, producing as well, and podcasting. What about you, Joe? Let's talk a little bit about you. Well, first of all, I just want to say that from now forward, I'm going to refer to you as Pastor Dan. So everybody <laughs> knows that when I say Pastor Dan, it's kind of like a little MASH reference or something. Oh, no, no, there you go. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I'm Joe Brookhouse, uh, hailing from Portland, Oregon. Um, I have a day job where I'm a business consultant, but I'm passionate about music and whether it's uh, listening to it or creating that and uh, many other forms of art 
do I appreciate? You like that little passive tense on that sentence. Um, and I'm married, been married for 13 years. I have an 18 year old daughter and a four year old son. And uh, I am a podcaster and very happy to be here on Frequency. So we said earlier that one of the things we want to bring to you are uh, authentic conversations with artists across all mediums. And we really felt like the the right first person to bring in was our, our friend, singer, songwriter, worship leader, recording artist, Richie Fike of the band Fike out of Colorado Springs, Colorado. Oh, Richie and his wife, Dana, have been singing and writing together since the late 90s. Uh, they were married uh, in 99, and then they just started touring the country as a band. They uh, appeared with folks like Shane and Shane and Robbie Say, but uh, after doing that for a while, they just got tired of it and uh, eventually took on a position uh, as staff at Grace Community Church in Tyler, Texas. And then in 2002, they joined the staff at Vanguard in Colorado Springs, and they have served there for the past 10 years. Yeah, and for the past several years, I know Richie's been writing for Integrity Music and has co-written with uh, artists like Jenny Lee Riddle, Jonathan Lee, Travis Ryan, Don, Don Poitras. Is that how you pronounce that, Joe? Portress. Portress, thank you. Got to get that right. Yeah. Uh, also, Chris McClarney, Aaron Schust, uh, Michael Farron, Sarah McIntosh, Robbie Say, Mia Fields. I mean, it, the list just goes on. Um, and what's great is that Richie completes a co-write, and he often posts it to YouTube immediately. Um, so you can literally hear right from where they are what they're doing. Um, you can also find them on their website at fikemusic.com. 2012, Fike released their label debut with Integrity, the moment we've been waiting for. Now, if I can say so without sounding too much like a fanboy, uh, this was hands down my favorite uh, release of 2012. Mm, I just yeah. felt it was a solid album from beginning to end, and in my opinion, also underappreciated. Um, I actually had the opportunity in 2012 to interview them for another podcast, but um, because of time constraints, we were only able to get about 20 minutes of about a 90-minute conversation on there. And there's so much personality and real heart that, that we lost there. That's part of the reason we wanted to uh, bring them here and be our first guest on Frequency.fm. And uh, what we've done, what you're going to hear today, is the first part uh, of that interview. Um, so you'll hear, because it was recorded in December, we'll talk about the year of 2012 and what we're looking forward to in 2013. But we spend a lot of time talking about what it was like to support that initial album and what it's like to be part of the, the music industry as a songwriter and as a recording artist. All right, well, let's dive right into the interview between Joe Brookhouse and Richie Fike. So I wanted to tell you, you're the most played album for me for 2012, wow. and I want people to know that. Tell me more. Uh, what? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, no. What, what songs stood out for you? Like, what what songs did you go, man, that's that song's going to stick with me for a while? You know, it's funny, okay, because I almost always listen to it when I run. Yeah. And so I get about eight songs in. <laughs> And I never, and I almost never hear the last five songs, and I haven't done anything to rectify that. But when I, I ran, you saw that tweet. I ran like eleven miles, and I only meant to run four, yeah. and I got lost, and I ran eleven miles. So I heard your album like twice, 
Um, and so I was like, I got to the, I started to hear the other the songs toward the end. But it's funny, I'll, <clears throat> I'll cue it up, and the songs that I, I look forward to getting to um, are usually the same, but then I, I rediscover a song and go, oh, why, why did I forget about that? So I love Moment. Yeah. Um, um, you did this to me last time, man, and I wasn't prepared, and I, you'd think I would have learned. Because, you know, when you write songs, they're all your babies. You know, they're all, you love yeah. them, and you, you have no... You're, you're not objective object, about it. Because... That's the word, objectivity. You know, we, we, and we do, we do all those songs. We do all of them live at Vanguard. You know, every one of those songs, and, and every song that we'll put on the next record will be tested. It'll be congregationally tested, and, and our people tell us very clearly when they don't like one of our songs they're very Isn't very honest they don't have to ever say a word you could just see it you know so yeah probably the two or three yeah. that are the that we find the most success in like a a non-partial audience you know first time hearing us uh be still the moment every time we play the moment people connect it's really really cool uh and um uh, so be still the moment grace and uh and in this house i mean the pretty much every show that we've done in the last year where we've played and supported the record we've done at least those four songs and uh and they've really succeeded they've really connected uh, that's just cool when you write a lot of songs you begin to hear yourself and you hear your own patterns uh certain phrases i, I I swear, in 2011, I used the phrase here and now in like 70% of the songs that I wrote. And I didn't even realize it until I went back. I don't know if you do this, but the at the end of every year, I'll go back and just listen to all the songs that I wrote and go, okay, what was good and what wasn't and what could I work with and what couldn't I. Uh, I end up writing about 50 songs a year, 50 to 60. And they, a lot of them, you know, it's sad, like, they get lost, you know. But you go back and listen to them and you hear yourself in them. Even in co-writes, you hear how you fought for a line. <laughs> and you're like, wow, well, yeah. I, I said that in five other songs last year, you know. And I, I think, uh, but I say that to say this, it's so crucial to find and know your voice. Like, who am I? Not who do I want you to think I am. And not not who yeah. not who do I wish I was, and not what sells or, or you know what is popular, but who am I? Because that's what God's interested in, and that's what God wants to use. Like the essence, the core, the truth of who you are is who God wants to share with the world. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. You know, it goes back to one of the first things you and I talked about last time was how I commented that your voice reminded me of John Mayer. Right. And you were like, man, I don't want to sound like John Mayer. I want to sound like Richie Fike. I, it's, it's a compliment to say that I sound like John Mayer because he's pretty great. What I don't want is for people to, to think that I am attempting to sound like John Mayer. Right. There's a big difference. Um, I think about it like when I hear people who are like disc jockeys on the radio or do voiceover stuff, you can tell there's like an affectation to their voice when they're trying to have a regular conversation. And you're like, man, drop that and just talk to me like a real person yeah. because you're killing me with that Casey Kasem. <laughs> it's been like eight months since I talked to you. 
So the album came out, with, was it April? Yep. Tell me what it looked like just logistically trying to support that when you, you got a home church. Well, we had uh, actually released it independently in May of 11. And we yeah. had gone out and toured it quite a lot in 11. And then uh, once Integrity kind of got their house in order, uh, they re-released it uh, with new artwork and, you know, da-da-da-da. Dana and I lead worship here at Vanguard uh, 38 times a year. Uh, and the rest of the time, we have the freedom uh, to travel it, to share uh, our ministry elsewhere. So that looks like about once a month we're somewhere else. Uh, uh, yeah. And so what we had hoped would happen, and it has happened, uh, is that not that we would do more gigs, but that we would get to do better gigs. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. And, and that's yeah, happened. Yeah. You know, the, it's neat. It's neat to have that little integrity emblem because it sort of opens the door for churches that, you know, it's hard to, to be taken seriously and to be given opportunities to share what the Lord's doing because there, there's no real covering. And, and the label thing is really more like a, a covering of authority, a covering of blessing, a covering of credibility. And that's been, that's been yeah. cool. So, yeah. I like got, Brent was asking me, uh, our producer, we were talking a couple weeks ago about the next record, and he said, uh, what do you want to do different on this record? And I said, I don't, I, I, I said, I want to do things on a heart level differently. Like, I want to approach it differently on a heart level than we did last time. But on a musical level, I, I don't want to think about I don't, I don't want to be forced to think about what this sounds like or what it could be compared to. Like, I just want it mm-hmm. to be us. Like, I want, I, I want our songs to sound like us. And that's the point I was trying to make last time was like, I, I want people to say, hey, have you heard Fike? Have you heard, have you heard this Fike record? Who does it sound like? It sounds like Fike. You know, yeah. like, that's what I would love. But even that, even saying that out loud, there's a level of like, insecurity and arrogance that comes with that everybody gets compared you know sons and daughters the first words out of most people's mouth are civil wars well what a what a kind thing to say what a really really kind thing to say about that because the civil wars are pretty great and everything i need in life is coming straight from you riches i could never repay I thank you for grace. I thank you for grace. I think what we are seeing financially is that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Here's what happens uh, a record company will spend twenty-five dollars to $30,000 on uh, a record. Now, that usually comes in the form of an advance paid to the artist. Yeah. The artist then goes, uses that money or a portion of it to pay for the record. The A&R guy is involved in it, helping to make sure the songs are there, uh, helping to make sure that the production fits within uh, the vision that, it, that the label has for how they want to sell the artist, right? Uh, so all of that happens, and that's really, really easy to do with established artists because you know that an established artist is going to sell a certain amount of records. Yeah, there's not a lot of risk. Yeah. But with a new artist like us, they don't know whether they'll be able to 
convince the consumer to purchase our record. Uh, and it's and so honestly, what I think it's coming down to in the music industry is this: Can a label tell an artist's story better than the artist can? And if a label can promise or guarantee that they can tell the story of an artist better than the artist can, then it's worth it to pursue that partnership in a label relationship. But if the label is like, look, you're doing a great job on your own telling your story, uh, you don't need us. That's just the truth. If they spend $30,000 on a Fike record, they got to sell 30,000 records to recoup their money. If yeah. we spend $20,000 on a Fike record, we got to sell 2,000 records to recoup our money. And again, it's why. Yeah. It's why, dude. Because if your mm -hmm. why is to prove to the world that you deserve a platform, I don't think God blesses that. If your why is, look, God gave me these songs, I'm really honored and humbled to be a part of it. And for those of you who love our music already, we want to share this music with you. And we'd love it if you'd tell your friends about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just, there's so yeah. much that God can do with that. And I feel like everybody I know, I don't know everybody, but everybody I know that has been quote unquote successful in the worship world, their story sounds a lot like what I just said. They put out music because people were demanding it. They shared their song from a place of servitude and God blew the roof off. You know? And I yeah. just think yeah. I, I think if that's your heart, like that's the whole thing about if you are faithful in the small things, I will give you greater things, right? But if you look at that like a formula and you say, all right, I'm going to be faithful with X because if I do X well, God's going to give me a Y. Mm -hmm. Well, then you're not being faithful to X. You're being faithful to Y, and he's never going to bless X. <laughs> so yeah. if, you, if you say, I'm going to be faithful with X because this is what God's given me, then God goes, man, I can work with that. So I just think, you know, the whole process of making a record, releasing songs, is such a gut check, such a heart check, and you, you just have to keep coming back to why, why, why. And remember, reminding yourself that it's not about you, but it's about the Lord. Uh, at least that's what it's been like for us. Uh, our first two or three records that we put out independently, uh, our hearts, I think, were very, very caught up in uh, cracking the door, getting a foot in the door. Well, we did it. We got a foot in the door. And then it's like, okay, you got a foot in the door. So what? You know, what's the point of this? Just so that somebody else can tell you that you're worthy of approval? Wow, is that ugly. Wow, is that idolatry. Wow, is that, you know what I'm saying? You were talking about this earlier. I mean, people can warn you and tell you what it's going to be like, but um, sometimes until you get to that vantage, you don't believe yep. it. Yep. No, I, I'll tell you, that's the truth for me. You know, I, I remember having conversations specifically with my friend Robbie C. And he was like, dude, Fike, if you are in this for the wrong reasons, you might just get what you want and realize how empty it is. He told me, mm -hmm. and he was right. And I'm not saying that it's empty because it's beautiful. Like, Joe, you're running around in the trees listening to our record. Dude, that's pretty great. Like, that is such a humbling thing 
to hear and to and to be aware of and to know that God's using what he's doing here in Colorado in Oregon in your life man that is the coolest thing that a songwriter could ever hope for this is what happens so you hear that story and you go I want more I want more and it's like this insatiable ugly thing and it's like if you could just get to the place like if I could put my head to the pillow tonight and go lord if the only thing you ever did through my ministry was help Joe get out of the woods that night. <laughs> you know? Like if that's it, then that's enough. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, and, and that's what I just pray and pray and pray and pray that the Lord would change my heart to be more and more like that because I find myself being more like the other where I want to hear more of those stories and I have this like lust in my heart for more of that, feed my ego, tell me how good I am, instead of going, Lord, you're so amazing, and what you do is so beyond what I control, and so thank you. So, I don't, I don't know who's listening to this today, I don't know who's, whenever you this and post it, it's out there, so whoever's listening to this, if you're at all wrestling with contentment, uh, or peace, or identity, or ambition, Man, I just I would encourage you to not touch the stove. Just trust us. It's hot and it burns you and it's not fun. And it's better to trust in who God has made you to be no matter what anybody says about you. It's better to trust in that than to pursue approval or affirmation from anybody other than the Lord. It never goes like I thought it should and that's a real nice thing cause the Lord is good. So I believe that the lesson I'll embrace is wait, 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 wait a little longer, wait, wait, wait. So what kind of holiday traditions are uh, you guys going to celebrate? What'd you bring up from uh, Louisiana? He, uh... Do stockings. Stockings are a big, big deal when I grew up. Um, Dana doesn't take stockings as seriously as I wish she would. <laughs> stockings are a big deal. We, we uh, in the Fike household growing up, we would eat breakfast, a big, big breakfast, uh, before we opened our gifts. We would eat our breakfast and, and sort of share with one another, you know, favorite stories of the year and kind of reminisce about 2012 uh, or, or the year that was uh, and then open our gifts, which is such an act of restraint uh, for a seven-year-old. Uh, and oh, so yeah. Justice, the, at this point in his life, that is his least favorite uh, fight Christmas tradition is the waiting for the gifts. He's like, you know what? I don't want to talk about this year. I want to talk about what is in that box. So tell me what uh, when you when you're sitting down after breakfast and you're talking about your favorite part of 2012, what's what's the, what's the big thing for you? Honestly, we just got back from Disney World, uh, and and that's really fresh to me. But man, uh, just son, I I can't not I can't not be a leader. And I don't know if you've been to Disney World lately. Have you? When's the last time you went to Disney World? I've never been to Disney okay, World. Let me tell you something about Disney World that you might not know. Disney World is hard. <laughs> uh, they don't make it easy for you to experience Disney World. 
there's this the, there's this thing called fast passes. I don't know if, I don't know much about Disneyland, but I just came back from Disney World, and I will tell you, the fast pass thing is like it's it's tailor made for my brain because like all strategy, and it feels like you're at war with Disney World, like like it <laughs> you versus the world, and and there's a clear victor at the end of every day, uh, and and five days that we were there, I feel like I won three of the days. Anyway, so all that, all that to say, Justice is a lot like me in his competitiveness, and his mom and his mom's parents who were with us at Disney World are not. They're very chill. Like, they're just going along with the flow, whatever, whatever, you know. I can't live that way. Like, I have to know what we're doing, why we're doing it, when we're doing it, how we're doing it. I don't meander ever. Uh, yeah, I'm just not that type of dude. And so, anyway, but what was so sweet and special, man, honestly, maybe one of my favorite memories of the whole year, there was this moment we had gone to Epcot during the day, and we walked in to the Magic Kingdom uh, at like 8 o'clock p.m., right as the parade that they do, like, they do this parade where they, they kind of go around this little circle, and then they take the parade up the street towards the little castle and i know this sounds a little girly but it was a magical moment right so we walked in right as they were finishing the parade so we missed the parade but we walked right behind the very end of the parade and and i put justice on my shoulders and we walked down main street towards the castle and justice was just like in awe like he was floored by the moment and he was he just was so overcome he's like look at this look at that and I just and I and I happened to have my little flip video, and so I I kind of took a video of his face and and of him on my shoulders and kind of took the whole thing, and it it just was such a sweet moment because that whole trip, he and I were just at each other's hip, we were so like, and and we kind of had a joke with him because he's a very verbal processor like his mom, and uh, and so everything that he would see he would have to ask me questions about it and. It just was a really, really. It was good to get away from the craziness and the busyness of life and ministry, and just kind of really connect with my son. And so that's probably my favorite memory of, of this year was just really getting heart to heart with him. It was cool. That was great. Where would I be without you, Lord? Where would I be without you, Lord? Yeah. Every morning I find. And I, I cried at, this is embarrassing, I cried at Finding Nemo uh, in Disney Oh, yeah. Have you seen that movie recently? I own it, Oh, yeah. dude. That scene where uh, where Nemo's talking about his dad and how his dad won't find him and his dad, his dad doesn't have it in mm-hmm. him to chase after him and his dad doesn't care and that's not my dad. My dad's not that way. And then at the end when he's like celebrating his father... Dude, it was it was yeah. funny because it was a cheesy show. The I mean the the live mm-hmm. action performance of it was cheesy. I literally oh, yeah. was like snot bubble crying, like <laughs> and and Justice was like, "Are you okay, Daddy?" <laughs> I was like, "I love you. I just love you." <laughs> and so I, I man, I just I just I don't know, man. There's something about that. No, it's true. You know, it's manipulative, and at the same time, you succumb to it. Oh. I'm a sucker, dude. Right. I cry. I cry almost everything. 
I'm such a sucker. Okay, so excluding your own album, what is your favorite release of the 2012? Uh, the Bethel Loft Sessions. And your favorite song of the year? Uh, Walk in the Promise by Jeremy Riddle. Okay, so your favorite secular release of the year? I think my favorite secular album of the year was the Lumineers record. Yeah, uh, yeah. Really, really like that. Can't stop listening to that. Um, but I think pre- maybe my favorite like secular song of the year was um, Olivia on the new John Mayer. Uh, and and not but not because of the lyrics, just because of like the vibe of it. I just love the vibe of that song. It's it just feels so cool to me. So I like that song a lot. But I also also really like this is I don't know if I want you to tell anybody this, but I really, really like hip hop. There's something about I just I don't know. Like I grew up on hip hop. Like I I grew up on hip hop. I didn't I didn't know any white people music until college appreciating the uh, the disneyland story and snot bubble crying i think that'll stay with me for <laughs> some time to come in the future realize i picked probably the most shallow thing i could out of honestly what was a a real candid and heartfelt conversation mm, yeah i really felt like i got to sit down with a guy who's in the business for that length of time feel like I'm I'm sitting down in a chair beside him talking to someone else and going through and walking through how an artist has to live and how it affects them and w- how it's a part of their life. Yeah, absolutely. So what can we expect from episode two of the podcast? We're going to continue our conversation with Richie Fike, much the same vein, some great insight from him and something you don't want to miss. Hmm. So, Dan, what is what could people find out on the website right now? What have we put up new this week? Yeah, so some of the features that we have on the website right now, Joe, uh, would be um, album reviews. And I know it's important to do reviews, uh, but I know we could go at length, write like full pagers, give everyone details on every song. But I think the only way you can experience an album is to actually listen to it for yourself. Uh, you're going to ha- get your own experiences out of it, um, you know, So what we're trying to do is focus on overall what should the experience be and what should the audience be. So, for example, with the Chris Tomlin one that I just recently did, um, hands down, I thought Chris Tomlin uh, was just going to be pumping out more songs. It's just going to hit the CCLI. You know, he can just kind of pump them out every two months. But as I, you know, I listened to the songs and I realized, you know, the production and it took him a year to do it and... Uh, he had multiple artists involved in it. Um, you know, he put some passion into it. So I took some time to actually focus on each song and the theology behind it. Like, for example, the song Sovereign and just what does it mean as a Christian if I'm going to sing this in church? And I know that he's intentional about his songs being used in the church. Uh, so that's just an example of why we tackle these things on our website. And our goal is to make them short and sweet you know, you can almost, you know, read it in a Facebook or a Twitter post. Um, we don't want to go in, into length because we know people have busy lives. Um, but we hope that there will be some benefit. We'll also be reviewing other things like books and other resources. 
so I know coming down the pike, we've got um, some, I know there's some great music that's being released in the near future. Uh, Rend Collective has got a new release called Campfire Coming. Meredith Andrews has a new release coming up in the next couple of weeks, as does Daniel Bashta. Mm -hmm. And so you can expect to see reviews of that music being posted here in the near future. Yeah, and have you noticed something, Joe? There's there's a, a new shift in the way music is being done. You know, like there's a real indie feel. I noticed, like, for example, on Daniel Bashta, the guy's using banjo, you know, and he's doing it well. You know, like I noticed a, a difference in flavor and how music's being put out. Uh, and I'm and because I'm in the producer realm, we talk a lot about dynamic range. And, you know, the top 20 radio songs tend to just be full tilt as loud as we can, pump it out in three minutes or less, and just, you know, hit a wall of sound. But the thing I like about what's happening in music right now is people are tired of that. And I'm hoping that we can, you know, we'll, we'll delve into the producer realm a little bit and talk to some of the creatives behind the scenes. Like, for example, um, those who produce these artists that are doing these new things, that are trying to be more dynamic, bring in new instruments. I know we're going to be interviewing somebody shortly for that very reason. And just to give you a hint about what's coming down the pipeline without necessarily naming names, um, we've got music producers lined up. We've got a couple of authors we're going to be talking to, uh, a poet who um, uh, a poet who is a Delta Airlines pilot and does poetry slams across the United States, and um, a songwriter and mixed media artist as well. So we've got a lot of diversity coming uh, down uh, coming down the pipeline here in uh, the next few episodes. Yeah, and I know you and I have been talking about the frequency of this podcast, pardon the pun. What I mean by that is how often that we'll be able to generate these. Um, you know, people will have to, you know, go nice with us because we, we have totally different lives, lives in totally different parts of the world. So coordination can be difficult. But our goal is every couple of weeks there will be something new in your inbox if you subscribe to the podcast or the RSS feed or however you get notified for the content that you enjoy. We hope that you'll include us. Uh, we'll do our best to get it out to you as quick as we can. Um, the disadvantage of making a schedule like that is if we get some really good content and we want to get it out quicker, our goal is to do that. So if we have something back-to-back, um, we'll make no apology. We want to get it in your hands. So uh, you will, we'll be getting the podcast out uh, and other media uh, as soon as we can generate it. So, folks, that is it. Episode one in the can. All right. It's been a... It's been a pleasure talking to you. Check us out at Frequency.fm.